0: The Disky Chicks podcast for business leaders and those interested in learning how to use the DISC assessment to grow self-awareness, improve communications, and develop leaders and teams. Please welcome your hosts, business coaches Martha Forlines and Cindy Jacoby. They are loud and proud about all things DISC. Thanks, Roger. Hi, everybody. Welcome to season six of the Disky Chicks podcast. This season, we're focusing on the organization as a whole and how the strategic use of assessments to be transforming to your business. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Disky Chicks. I'm your host Cindy Jacoby with my co-host Martha Fourlines. We've taken a little break, but we're glad to get back at it. Welcome back, Martha. Good to see you.
1: You too. You too. It's beautiful fall day here in Allen J, Georgia. Well,
0: and. <laughs> I've got a nice rainy, cozy fall day here in Florida. So this is a a great time to to have a little chat. And Martha and I spoke a little bit earlier. And as you know, we have an assessment partner called TTISI. And they are a great resource for us, not only with our assessments, but also a lot of the publications they put out. And we were both really enjoyed reading their latest blog. And so we thought we would use that today today as a framework. So if you want to see the blog, they're open to the public, not just to us, but it's blog.ttisi.com. And there's lots of blogs. If you And they're really short, little three minute ones. We will extend it. Don't you worry. Um, give our analysis on it. But there's lots of different topics if you want to get more information besides just from the Disky
1: Chicks. Yeah. So this, Not that we don't know a lot, because we do, but TTISI knows way more than we do. They can say it in a shorter time frame than
0: we can. Yes, <laughs> we don't do three minutes; we do thirty minutes or so. Yeah. So, so the blog that we were looking at today, uh, what what struck us? It's it's about one of our assessments, which is called TriEQ or TriMetrics EQ. Uh, which indicates that there are three different sciences. The first one is DISC, you know, that's our go-to. The second one is driving forces. And those are the two that are in most of our assessments. And the third one is emotional intelligence. So Martha, you do a lot with this assessment, don't you?
1: I do. I use it as much as I can, um, particularly in my leadership coaching part of my business, because um, this EQ, emotional intelligence, It's something that not everybody has as developed as they need to in their leadership role. So it's a very valuable tool.
0: Well, and the the disc and driving forces, the one the reason like that is because that really shows who you are, and that doesn't really change over time. It's pretty much that's who you are, and then we just try to manage what those things are. But EQ, on the other hand, is something that can be grown. To what you were saying, it can be developed. Uh, yes. You can work on your empathy and your self-control um, and things like that. So right. what, what really struck us with this particular blog is that instead of talking about each one of these assessments individually, this, this blog does a beautiful job weaving everything together and we don't have to talk about things in silos and we, t- right. we do a lot about DISC. And Martha, I don't know if you know this, but one thing we learned in here before uh, reading it is that seventy-five percent of the Fortune 500 companies use some format of disc. Uh, disc is it's our go-to, but it only scratches the surface of who we are. You know, we we tell people it's not a personality test because a it's not a test; it's just right. an assessment.
1: Assessment. And b right.
0: it's not your personality; it's just one little part of your communication style. But when you couple that. With the driving forces, which is the why, and then EQ is kind of the impact you have on yourself and others, you're starting to create much more of a personality assessment. You're getting a better picture.
1: Right, right. And you know, one of the primary intentions of using this tool, um, I know with my clients and Cindy, I'm sure it's true for yours as well, is to raise self-awareness to really understand. You know, when you're having a bad day and you show up with that on your face and in your heart, it's going to impact other people. And so if you're keenly aware from this report of when you get under stress, what happens, then you can learn how to manage tendencies that you need to manage in the moment with an employee or with your team.
0: And- this blog talks about managing those moments. So um why don't you start us off, Martha, and okay. talking about kind of if we're talking about um an episode, say, uh, you yes. know, what what causes, what triggers people to have some kind of emotional episode? And we're gonna tie Just it right. off all together,
1: right? Right. And and I agree with Cindy. I love the way um the author of this blog at TTISI has kind of ordered this and frame this. And the first thing is that when we are under stress, we're more hypersensitive to certain ways people talk to us or the words that they use. But what's underneath that is actually, if you're getting triggered by a coworker or your boss, it has come in conflict with a primary driving force that you have. And by that, I mean, underneath our driving forces are our personal values. And then our driving forces are our why or our personal motivators that get us out of bed every day and keep us engaged in the nature of the work that we get to do. So think if you think about it that way, that somebody has triggered a driving force and you know what your top four are. So you probably know exactly which one they have triggered. Then it enables you to kind of check yourself, do a check in with yourself and to check not having some big explosive emotional response, because at the end of the day, you're meeting with this employee and have in mind a particular outcome for yourself and for this person you're meeting with so all of those things immediately come into play and i'm not saying that the first time this happens you're going to be able to wrap your head around it as quickly as you can once you've practiced um, some of these dimensions of eq but understanding your driving forces and understanding what value has been triggered can actually, and and you give it a name, when you can name it, you can deal with it. When it's out there, and it's real ambiguous, and it's got you all stirred up, it's hard to wrap your head around what it is. And then what is my tactic going to be to manage myself through the rest of this meeting? So um, I I think that, again, um, your report, for those of you that have used EQ through um, through me or others, it has driving, I mean, it has um, disc behaviors first, then it has driving forces, then it has the EQ, but each section gets blended into the other sec- sections. So at the very end of your EQ report, it gives you tips and tricks on how to manage yourself when you ha- have that high dominant, just as an example, mm-hmm. you're more likely to get your emotions hijacked just because high dominants have big responses to things.
0: <laughs> and I do You want to <laughs>
1: add, add anything to that, but.
0: Well, I would love maybe if we talked about an example of a driving force, because, you know, driving force is, you're trying to get somewhere, you know, you're trying to fulfill whatever it is that's driving you. And say your driving force was, uh, if we talk about our first one, knowledge, there is instinctive and then there is intellectual. If you're an instinctive person where you like to make decisions based on your gut or based on your past experiences, you know, one way that can get halted and that, I don't know, triggered is the best word, but it's like interrupted almost. Like if I was told, that I would have to go and research this deep and wide. And I just want, I know what I want the answer to be. And I'm ready to make that decision, but I'm not allowed to do that. That's stopping me from being able to use that driving force of making a decision based on what I know to be correct. I don't want to go research it. I don't want to go look it up and I don't want to spend hours. I just want to make the decision. So that is that triggering event. And that can happen with any of our driving forces. If you're Altruistic, and you're trying to help a bunch of people, and you get stopped from doing that. Saying, you "No, know, we can't do that. We've got to save these resources for something else." Yeah, that's going to create an emotional response, right? right.
1: Exactly. So that's exactly.
0: what that's what we're talking about when the, your driving forces gets interrupted. Right. It's frustrating. Exactly. Right. And so what yeah. that leads to is how you react. I mean, always if you've ever had a, <laughs> you ever heard us talk? We talk that disc is the how. Driving forces is the why, why you're doing something, Mm -hmm. but your disc is your response, your behavioral response. And so that's when you know, if it's a high D, for instance, that response is going to be fast and direct. So if you're triggered about something and you're a high D, you know, you're going to let that other person know right away that this is not acceptable and this is not what you want to do. If you're a low D, and you get stopped, or maybe they're making you move faster
1: than huh? you want to, Right, that's
0: going to create an issue too. So each one of these, whether you're high or low, remember there's, there's eight behavioral styles, not just four. We got to look at each of those equally, right? How you react to whatever it is that is thwarting you from moving forward, that's going to show up in your, in your disc style.
1: Right, right. And again, if you are keenly aware of those top four driving forces, because even my situational ones probably wouldn't trigger me as much as my top four. Um, And I think of that whole impatience attribute that a Mm -hmm. high dominant has, which Cindy and I happen to have high dominance, not low dominance. And, you know, what can I do? One of my tips and tricks with my coaching clients is if you need to buy time to get yourself emotionally under control, just be curious and ask questions rather than go hot, just seek to understand their point of view and why they feel so strongly about that. And that helps you kind of settle yourself and get yourself grounded so that you can decide do I need to carry on this conversation right now, or should I ask for more time to think about it and meet again tomorrow? Again, you've got all kinds of boundaries you can use to help yourself get through being emotionally charged about something. And, and high
0: Ds, that's hard, that's hard to do. So I think that's great advice to ask questions because yeah. the, the D goes straight to the results. They already know that this person is nonsensical and it's a stupid idea and they're ready to tell you all about it. But the other thing that Martha and I both talk to our clients about is this assume positive intent. Why ask yourself, why would a rational human being make this statement? And if you can try to play devil's advocate and say, what could they possibly be thinking? Right. Maybe they misunderstood this. Like, give them the benefit of the doubt instead of immediately just writing them off as an idiot, you know, or something worse, and moving on. So, yeah, yeah these are some ways that when you know how you're going to respond or how you're likely to respond, there's some checks and balances. Yeah. Now, when you get your disc report, one of the one of the great pages is all about perceptions, and and like yeah. Martha said, you want to understand your style and and how you're perceived by others. But as you get under more and more stress, those natural styles really come out and they're harder to hide. So in this blog, what it's showing us is that, well, the stressor is going to be something most likely affecting your driving force. And so now you've got to kick into what happens when I get under stress. And those are the behaviors that you want to try to manage. And we all kind of go to our extreme, no matter what that is. Right. Um, And so that's again, how this blog is kind of tying everything in. It's kind of, it's kind of cool. It's not a little silo of different things to think about. Right, right. So Martha, how does EQ roll up into this? You know, we've talked about driving forces, getting, you know, getting thwarted. Then we talked about our disc, how we react to it. What about the EQ part of that?
1: Yeah, and, you know, the emotional intelligence is um, got five dimensions to it. The first three are intrapersonal and that is self-awareness, Improving, being able to make sure that you're aware of how you're showing up and how your driving force is maybe being tr- triggered. Then the second one is self regulation. How good are you at controlling those disruptive emotions? And again, certain styles have each style has different challenges around getting triggered. Um, and being able to figure your way um, out of it in a distinctive leadership way versus being a hot mess. Yeah. So, um, and then the last one is, is your motivators. And those are, um, you know, your intrinsic motivators, those things that, really do jazz your boat and keep you engaged in your work and the things you know you love to do in your job. And we also have things we don't love to do in our jobs. But um, having that ability to know, you know, what's motivating us and how can we stay in that highly motivated space for as long as we can. So then the bottom two are interpersonal. So the first one is social awareness, kind of like your self-awareness. And that's really being able to read people and understand perhaps the emotions that they're showing you in a meeting because they're giving you a million signals about how they're feeling about something. So are you being curious and asking about what is it? What's going on? I, I see something's going on with you. Share that with me so that we can talk through it kind of a thing. And that's so, where the empathy one comes in, right? Isn't that yeah, the that's, social that's, awareness? Like totally how,
0: how other people are feeling, having that ability to put yeah. yourself
1: in their shoes and right. Okay. Right. And not jamming your agenda down their throat. Yeah. Um, If if they're not ready. Read the room, people. Read the room. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then the last one is um, social regulation, just like the self-regulation. And that's you being attuned to other people's um, feelings and emotions and being able to leverage your ability to influence or communicate with them to get them to where you want them to be. And no, you don't have to be a high influencer to be good at this. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just have to learn how to leverage your behavior style and your driving forces when you are trying to work on growing that social regulation. And, you know, some people are just naturally great at that and others are not good at it. Not to pick on my high C friends out there, but high compliance, um, you know, just have a difficult time um, identifying their emotions to begin with. Oh, and this is a funny story. I was facilitating a meeting last month with a team that was doing some new uh, refresh visioning and strategy work. And um, it was a pretty contentious day, day one. But then day two, everybody came in more rested and open-minded to things. And so the leader says, how's everybody feeling? I want to go around the room (laughs) and I want you to share how you're feeling. Well, one person in the group has a very high C. Never shared what they were feeling. Yeah, ten stuff. And, you know, I, and that's fine. That's their prerogative. But I, I truly believe in that moment they didn't know they weren't in touch with yeah. what they were feeling. So um, all of this blends together in a really nice package in terms of helping you as a leader. To be more self-aware of all three of these dimensions, and be able to show up in a way where people trust you, and they trust the judgment that you make and the decisions that you're making for the team.
0: So, would you say, you know, if we're if we're
1: talking this continuum of, you know, you you have the
0: stimulants, and then you have the response, which is your disc. The um, the EQ part is really. Now, kind of how you manage all of that? is that yes. what how you yes. read this?
1: Yes, yes,
0: seeing people who can can manage a room are amazing, like you like you said, yeah, uh, people with that social regulation. so it's it's having that ability to not only predict what's going to happen when you say whatever it is you're saying, say if you're a CEO and you're about to announce a big change in the company, if you're not aware of how. Of the emotions of others, are they likely to take this really well? Are they get excited, or is it going to be really, really scary for them? And yeah. so many leaders are so bad at that, and they because they're only looking at it from their perspective, or maybe the money part of that, or you know something yeah. that is not the same that the day to day the employees yeah. are, and they make this announcement and expect a lot of adulation, and they get you know, wide eyes and arms crossed and disbelief. Right. Um, right. They don't, right. they don't know how to read that room and they don't, certainly don't know right. how to manage those emotions. Yeah. Uh, but the leaders that get people hyped up and mm-hmm. all excited, think about football coach, you know, they know right. how to, they know how to move yeah. the emotions of their players yeah. and get them jacked up to right. run out there and, you know, right. destroy people.
1: Run through brick walls. I'll have a leader come to a meeting with me, a coaching session, and they have this big meeting to have. And I said, okay, well, let's, let's role play and let's talk about, well, first of all, let's think about the things that people could find fault with the message that you're about to deliver and, and come up with that list of possible responses, negative responses that you may get. And then how are you going to respond to those? Because leaders like Cindy just described, didn't even prepare. No, they didn't prepare. They didn't prepare for the upside of things or the downside of things. And I really highly recommend that they do so that, you know, they again come in being that leader that others want to follow at the end of that meeting, not be totally pissed off at. And I think smart leaders who
0: may struggle with this part, uh, I've seen people be assigned the designated, you know, kind of bomb thrower, like, yeah, what, what are some things that people are going to disagree with? And sometimes it takes assigning somebody that is their job to get them to disagree with the boss, you know, like throw some darts at what I'm saying, who is going to dislike this and why, again, why would a reasonable person, because you see it as the best thing ever, you know, this is going to be, you know, the panacea to our problems, but what are other people going to think about that? And you need help understanding that and get your bomb throwers in there. And it's fun (laughs) if they take turns. So they're not always the one being the Debbie Downer, but um,
1: can come up with some really good reasons
0: why this might fail. So you can address it. Right.
1: Right. well, cool. um, but yeah, this this is a, a powerful, powerful tool that, um, I mean, I've used it ever since they created it, and especially with my coaching clients. and um, this report combined with the 360 assessment is really what moves people to action. Um, they see where they have those opportunities to respond differently and grow, and they do. Yeah, they truly do. So it, it's it's a very power powerful tool.
0: I think two important things, and you you mentioned one of them already in this report, is that when you take this combined um, TriMetrics EQ, it takes your personal disc scores and your personal driving forces and your EQ and gives you this blended model that's specifically for you. This is the one time it's gonna be different than the person next to you because we're all a little bit different, but it tells you where some things are gonna conflict with each other and where some things are gonna blend beautifully for you as you move on. And then the second part that this report has that I really like for each one of those five factors that it measures, if you wanna improve on that, they give you a bulleted list of 10 to 15 different things you can try. We don't recommend you try them all. Some are going to seem dopey to you and some are going to seem spot on. So there's a great list to pull from, but they give you actual action items. Like how can I get better at my self-awareness? Right. Well, You know, sometimes it's journal. Sometimes it's bring somebody else in with you to a meeting and write down every time you interrupt somebody or whatever that behavior is yeah. you're trying to fix that you right. might not be aware of. They have great tips for that. So that's yeah. um. Besides just the information about you, they give you ways that you can improve that too. So I think that's yeah. really. Good.
1: And I I know um, when I first saw the report and all the little tip list and stuff, I went, hmm, I'm not so sure about this because to Cindy's point, the tips are real simplistic, you know, one step at a time kind of. Approaches that some people absolutely need that, yeah. others may not need that step at a time approach. But at the end of the day, I I, I know I've told this story before. I had a leader to call me up and say, "I'm going to have a meeting and I'm going to tell this person, blah 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 blah." And I mean, just totally to inflame w- would inflame <laughs> this person because I knew both parties. And I said, "Well." It depends on what outcome you want from this meeting. (laughs) And he went, hmm, I hadn't thought about it that way. (laughs) And I went, well, I think you need to think about it that way. Yeah. That if you want to rile them up and not come to solution over this, then go ahead and do what you (laughs) recommend. Yeah. Yeah. Trying but to
0: anticipate the other person's response is a yeah. huge I part mean, just of Just be very
1: intentional about, you know, um, how other people will perceive you. And then how are you, if you want to change that perception, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, That's I want to remind everybody that we post uh, these podcasts on Spotify, the audio. So Spotify, Apple podcasts, all the places you can get them. We record these on zoom because sometimes we have um, pictures. It's just us today, but we'll put these on YouTube and also on Facebook at Disky Chicks podcast is our call sign there. Uh, And we'd love to have you uh, like and share. And if you have any questions, you can go to our website, at diskeychicks.com and there's a, a place where you can um send us a note or try a free disc assessment
1: yeah We'd love for you to try it absolutely right. well good well, to see you them. again martha yeah you too thanks for everybody joining us today Bye, everybody. thank you
0: for listening to the Disky chicks podcast never miss an episode by subscribing today To learn more or start a conversation with Cindy and Martha, visit the Disky Chicks podcast Facebook page.